everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday version of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And together, for the last time, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Now, just to be clear, we're still going to be doing a daily show. It's just not going to be on the radio. We're still going to be doing a show. It's just not going to be on the radio anymore. We're going to concentrate our efforts on simulcasting on like 85 platforms at the same time, Scott. It's going to be it's going to be quite a deal. We're going to be going out like on Facebook Live, Twitter Live, Twitch, Snitch. Norm, normal YouTube for, you know, the old-fashioned. YouTube, people. yeah. I forgot my minor detail. Yes, YouTube as well. And we're going to be all doing it live simultaneously. Now, I don't think that our first show, we're kind of we're doing what they call a soft launch. So we're not going to have all the bells and whistles in place. We're just going to try out the format and work on some things. But we're, we're still going to break down games normally. So you'll still get some good content. But oh, yeah. looking for sound effects and for some graphic stuff, it might be on the way. Yes, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It's just going to be a little different flavor to the show. It's going to be a little shorter. I know that's going to be heartbreaking for everybody that likes to watch us ramble for about an hour and 10 minutes, but it is going to be a little bit shorter, a little more game centric, Scott. We're going to be just working on more handicapping stuff, not as many bells and whistles, but we're going to have some cool graphics and we're going to be able to do some clips and all kinds of shit like that. We can say shit, by the way. So that's fine. Yes, we can. So anyway, um, how'd your day go? Uh, not too well. Uh, had the Bills, yep. which uh-huh. sure. unfortunately they scored 31 points, could have probably scored 50 yep. if they didn't have any mistakes at all, but <laughs> that didn't work out. I also lost in fantasy by 0.8 because Julio caught a 40-yard pass that ricocheted off somebody's helmet. Okay. I said I needed a Julio injury. He got injured on the pass that beat me. Right after the 40-yarder. No, he had the 40-yarder, then he caught another one for like five, six yards in the fourth quarter got injured on that catch, was ruled out for the game, but I lost on the catch that he got injured on. Well, there you go. That's a heartbreaking development, and I, for one, love to hear about your fantasy exploits on Tuesday. All good. I, I love to hear I, it. I got lucky last week because Andrews put up 49, whatever the hell he put up, uh, so it's I, fine. I had the I had the second lowest points in the league this week, so the fact that I was even in the running was a lucky draw on my part. Right. Whatever. It is what it is. Yep. How'd, how'd your day go? You know what? It was awful. <laughs> it was an awful, pretty much an awful weekend. Uh, awful NFL, for sure. A Aver- little little below average college, and that was the highlight. It was brutal NFL day, brutal Monday. Um, I got nothing good to say. I had the... I had the That's fir- all I have to say about that. I had the Bills first half minus three and a half. Thanks for the, thanks for the interception. Thank just... I, I got so field many goals in the red zone. I got field goals. I have so many things to say about this fucking game. Um, so thanks for that. And then we had Bills full game, just like you did, minus six. That was a premium play. Well, it wasn't a total loss because we did win one play. That's right. That we had. That's but we'll right. We'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. And then we had uh, Astros team total over four and a half. Scott, nine straight games. They scored five runs or better. And went out and pretty much shit the bed. Decided to get fancy and didn't take the full game over. Just like, you know what? Maybe Astros pitching might be pretty good. Shut down Boston. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, none of that. So awful, awful. Ready to put in my rearview mirror. Call it a day and move on to week uh, seven in the NFL, week eight in college. I'm done with it. I'm done with it, buddy. You know, and 
Do you're, we have midweek maction yet, or is that still on the way? Uh, I think you, that, you know, uh, I'm waiting for it. It's usually, you know, a, I just want it's it. usually around the first week in November. I just want to see Akron play on television. Who doesn't? That's really the dream, isn't it? It really, really is. But I'm just. Uh, but we do have a great college football game on Wednesday night. Would have been a hell of a lot better hadn't hadn't Appalachian State not played their last game. But that's going to be a good one. Coastal and Appalachian State. Uh, yeah, that's a fun one. You ready for that? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, anytime you have an undefeated group of five school that we've raved about in the past on TV for the world to see, I'm happy about it. But yeah. I think the game will be close. We'll talk about that in about a day. About a, about a day. That's absolutely right. For the record, Scott, Tuesday, November 2nd. Circle your calendar. That is Maction Day, buddy. It kicks off with a triple header. Oh, God. Miami and Ohio. Ball State and Akron and Eastern Michigan at Toledo. Mm. I'm just going to spoil it now. I'm laying whatever the hell Ball State's laying. I can smell the disappointment from here. Holy, holy. All that disappointment. What the hell? You know, I got one of those random calls. You ever get random calls on your phone that you just don't answer? You mean the potential spam ones? It's it's always spam. It's always because I have a Parent Plus loan for my kid's college. It's always like something about re refinancing my student loan debt or I'm always getting some uh, shit for homeowners, even though I don't ho- own a home anymore. But so I see a call from Ac- from Toledo coming in. And the first thing I want to do is just pick up the phone and go, what the fuck is wrong with the Rockets? Why can't they cover? Why can't they win? We thought they were going to be good. God damn you. So I'm no quarterback, but I didn't do that. They use Finn who can't throw the damn ball. I, I don't really know what the hell they're doing. Over what there. happened to their quarterback situation, Scott? Uh, well, they originally had Carter Bradley. And they ended up switching over to Finn, yeah. and Finn can't throw. He's just bad. By the and way, pretty much the story. It's bargain time in the MAC. We, we talk about ticket prices a little bit. You want to go see Eastern Michigan Toledo? Can I interest you? Nine dollars. However, you want you want to make a whole day of it. You want to go to Ohio and see Ohio and Miami of Ohio play? Five. I just want to see Akron. It's Five really bucks. Oh, Akron. That's the expensive one. Akron. This game is in Akron. Twenty one dollars. What oh, the hell? Off against the Mac champions. Yeah, the balls. The balls they they travel well, apparently. I'm sure they do. So yeah, we got that to look forward to. Get psyched. So anyway, we got a full show today. Got a lot of stuff to get to. We're gonna talk a little NBA. Mm, little NBA action starting up on Wednesday night. Scott, you ready? Uh, yeah. My my team's actually playing, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, very good. Yeah, well, most of your team is playing. So. Uh, yeah. One of them's uh, taking a hiatus, but everything else is seems to be going pretty well. Going to be handy hanging out with uh, Rolovich. Something like that. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, let's get to it. Let's find out who out there is not having the kind of, or is having the kind of <laughs> day that we're having. Let's find out who took it in the shorts. Who thought you had a winner right up until the time you didn't? Scott, you know who you are. I'm not pointing any fingers, but let's find out who we need to call the cops on. All right, sir. Let's uh, get her started, shall we? In uh... you, know, you know, I dug deep for this one. <laughs> the Bills Titans. You could have picked a number here, but if you had fourth quarter over fourteen, at ten points with thirty-five seconds left, the Bills 
here they come. They're gonna they're gonna pick the game winner. Of course, by that time we didn't care because they weren't gonna cover. So it's not but, even kicking. It's a matter of scoring a touchdown. But they so, looked like they were well on their way to score. So you know, I say I say pretty much fuck them because if they're not gonna cover, they better not win. That's the kind of vindictive person I am. Anyway, well, I was rooting for the touchdown because I was hoping we'd see a random Tennessee bullshit hook and ladder play that might get returned for a touchdown or a safety. Right That's where my brain was at. Well, I was hoping I was actually hoping for the tie, and then we might sneak out a push in overtime. That was. I was also rooting for Julio Jones to be the one to lateral the ball that would lose him two points but i realized he was out with an injury so my whole foolproof plan quickly just deteriorated it was over it was over bud so if you saw the game and i'm sure most of you did the bills ran the tried and true never fail quarterback sneak for about a minus half a yard not good that's at your the three at the three yard line, at the three yard line. That's your ball game. Yeah, fourth and one. So they they could get a first down. As the announcers say, now remember they can pick up a first down without the touchdown. Well, they couldn't pick up either. Whatever. If you had fourth quarter over fourteen, if you had the Bills, if you had any part of the goddamn Buffalo team, sorry, call the cops. Get on the bus with us. And looking at the second one, if you had the Maple Leaves in the money line against the Rangers in hockey, uh, they lost, but they outshot the Rangers forty-one to twenty-three. Sure, Stegen, the guy who I thought was going to be in net for the Rangers season opener, was phenomenal. And the Maple Leafs lost in overtime. What have I, what have I got here? I got a game from Sunday? Uh, yeah, I couldn't find a third bad beat. <laughs> there was one that we really excluded, which we didn't have room for. But it, it's really, really bad. If you had the San Diego Chargers in 1987. <laughs> mm-hmm. over the, it's over Sunday, but there, were, there weren't really many games. Over the I Houston mean, Oilers. All the, all the bad beats. What do you really have? All right, here we go. If you had the Phoenix Mercury plus five against the Chicago Sky. The Mercury, they led by nine points after three quarters. That means you're up 14 for those of you scoring at home. But that was not enough, Scott, because they were outscored 26 to 11. Doing some quick math. Oh, my God, that's 15. They end up losing by six. You had the Mercury plus five. Man, that was almost enough points, but it wasn't. Call the cops. That loss also ended their season because that was the game that ended the WNBA finals. Yeah, that was it. That was the, that was the final the final game. Yeah, so, so we didn't really have an, a third one, but I, I remembered we didn't have enough space to actually include that one yesterday, so I threw it in. If you had Terry Hanratty over 220 yards passing, oh, man. Can't believe Bum Phillips didn't kick the field goal. That goddamn Rocky Blyer. All right, kids. Well, there were some easy winners out there. We didn't have them, but some people did for sure. Oh, let's get to it. Let's find out. You know, I got, I got to take a, I got to take a reset here. I'm, I'm, I'm in a really bad mood. I'm, I'm really, I'm really not a happy man right now with the, with the way my games have gone. And you know, it's not like that's what we were talking before the show. It's not like my picks have been horrible. We did, we did 13 games in the NFL show. I went eight and five. And I think every loser I picked, I, I recommended. So it's just when you're, I'm not, it's not necessarily I'm running cold. My picking ability is running cold as far as what games to recommend. So in the words of philosopher Fred Durst, it's just one of those days. It's just one of those days. Anyway, let's find out who it was, Scott. Who had those nice easy wins? Who was sitting in the rocking chair? So first one of you had the Bills Titans over. 53 and a half. It was 37 points at halftime, 54 points after three quarters. And for fun, game ended up landing, well, a lot more than, sorry, it was 55 after three quarters, actually. But the point is it went over after three, game landed 50, uh, 65. Yeah, there you go. Very nice. 
Um, very good. Uh, if you had the Blues Coyotes over five and a half, you had two goals in the first period. You're like, man, well, I'm kind of right on track. I'm right where I need to be. And do not fret, my friend, because they put up six goals in the second period. That'll do, pig. That game ended up seven to four, doubling up the five and a half. You had Blues, Blues Coyotes over five in the hook. Congratulations. You are in the rocking chair. That Coyotes team, by the way, might be the worst team in the league. That team is absolutely brutal. But anyway, looking at the last one, if you had the baseball game and you had the Red Sox on the money line at around minus 125 or so, you didn't really have to sweat too long because the Red Sox, shocker, hit another grand slam. And we're up 6 nothing after 2. They were up 9 nothing after 3. And they won the game 12-3. to Coasting, buddy. Coasting. Yep. All right. Very good. Well, let's find out who it is. Now, you and I had a little disagreement on this one. But I, uh, I, ultimate, I, ultimately, I ultimately cave to your choice for this award. So we're going to do it. Let's find out who's going who's gonna to wear the golden feed bag today, Scott. Who is your donkey of the day? So for this one, we have to go to the Monday Night Football game. And we're going to look at somebody who wasn't even playing. Nope. It was somebody in the booth. Yep. Because you know how much we love to roast primetime broadcasters on ESPN. Love it. Monday Night Football coverage. Where was Peyton and Eli when you needed him? Anyway. Next week, buddy. Yeah. Looking at the broadcast, you had Steve Levy, who was trying to contain his emotions during the final minute, right before the QB sneak, right after. It was a really crazy game in hindsight. But anyway, the Bills went for the QB sneak, as we talked about before. And they missed. And as he was laying on the floor, Josh Allen, I'm referring to, short of the line to gain, Steve Levy exclaimed, quote, I don't think he got it. This may be the game, end quote. Now, I'll remind you, the Bills already used the timeout, so they don't, they don't have enough to get the ball back. There's only 20 seconds left. This may be the game. The game's over. What are you talking about? Bills could be in serious trouble here, bud. Yeah, if the Bills don't get this, they're, they might lose. Like, they, they can't get – what are you talking about? The game's over. Broadcast all these games. You should know how timeouts and clock management works. If there's less than 40 seconds and you don't have all three timeouts, you automatically lose the game. Well, this not, may be the game. What the hell does that even mean? You know, see, now Chiefs fans, Scott, we will never, we will never acquiesce when you say they will 100% lose the game because I was at the game where Phillip Rivers – Fumbled, trying to run out the clock. The Chiefs recovered, kicked the game-winning field goal. Did he try to kneel that, or was he running around? He, he, was try, he, he, he mishandled the snap, was getting ready to okay. kneel it. I don't remember that one. I thought you were going to say maybe the Herm Edwards game against the Giants, but that's an all-timer. No, with the Pisarchic? The, with the handoff. Yeah, the yeah. Pisarchic handoff. No, no, this was yeah. this was Rivers literally fumbled the snap. Chiefs recovered and out of nowhere. Sorry, 99.9% of the time. That might be the only time in the history of the sport that somebody kneeled the ball and ended up losing the game when they were winning in the last like minute. But unless it's Greg Ciano's defense surprising him, and, and I guess as a diving. broadcaster, you're trying not to rule out anything, right? You just, say whatever. We got to hear from the both sides. Over. It's over. You don't have to say this. Maybe the game's over. What are you talking about? Now, see, you're too young to remember the days of uh, of Dandy Don and Frank Gifford and Howard Cosell. But when it got to the point in the fourth quarter where that was it, uh, Frank Gifford would or Don Meredith would sing, uh, "Turn out the light, the party's over." Mm-hmm. That's that classic TV. I'm and, still in for it because you could have turned off the lights. The party was over. He was almost, and he was almost never wrong. 
And I, I can't really remember him getting burned after singing uh, "Turn Out the Lights, the Party's Over." So. It's probably because he knows how the game works. Turn out the lights. Yeah, he was a, he was a quarterback for the Cowboys. You knew that. Well, he was smart. Uh, you go through most of the old-fashioned broadcasters; they all knew what was going on. But I, Steve Levy, come on, man. Now, I'm assuming like, I get, Steve Levy. I, I get it. A member. Do you, do you know him? I'm assuming he's a member of the tribe. Do you know him? He might be a member of the tribe. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I know somebody who knows somebody that knows him. <laughs> right. But I don't know him personally. No, but. Are you, you sure it's not Steve Levy? You got to do better than that. I mean, come on. Levy Lewis? Do you even think I'm being do you think I'm being harsh with it? Because the announcer is supposed to not officially say the game's over so they won't change the channel. You know what? But come on. I, I would like to roast the guy, but I have done videos with you by myself. I read the script. I go right through it, and I misspeak. I don't catch it. You know what? You're not you're not always at your at the top of your game when you when you say things like that. You just... When I you, get it. It's when you talk for three and a half, when game. you when you talk for three and a half hours straight, every once in a while, you're going to say something where people are going to go mm-hmm, and roast you on Twitter. Maybe it's just me, but as soon as he was short, I would have just said "game over." Well, yeah, That's usually I, with the first thought in my head. Yeah, you could have been a, a little more definitive about it. I'll, I'll give you that. So, okay, so let's find out who should have been talking. Um, this is a segment where our, this is our, like our kind of, it's turned into kind of our runner up donkey segment. It's not the way it was built and we'll uh, probably get away from it. But for now we got to find out who didn't make us mad. Well, it's just me really. (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Okay. So. You and I are on opposite sides of this, and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two shots to see my point of view. Number one, we're going to agree about sorry, we're going to agree about one small detail, but I'll let you continue. Well, I don't know that it's a small detail, but first of all, I think Sean McDermott for going for it on fourth and one with less than twenty seconds left was a ridiculous thing to do. You're down three, you take the tie, you move on. Because, number one, a first down did not guarantee you a touchdown. So you still had to call your last timeout. I think they were down to one timeout by that point. I thought they had two. I, I'd i have to see. So you've got to, you've, you're have got you likely going to have to burn a timeout after that, okay? So if you have two, you burn one after that play. So it's no making the first down and the play they ran, they weren't running it for a touchdown. They were running it to make the first down. So there's your first problem. But... Making the first down, no guarantee of making the touchdown. If it's fourth and one from from inside the one, maybe we can talk. But I think you take the tie, and I know all the bullshit about it. you play for the you play for the win on the road, you play for the tie at home. I that's that's all well and good. That's more basketball. Related, it's more base. Sir. It's more baseball related than anything. But that's Wait, baseball. Yeah. You mean basketball? No, I don't mean basketball. It's more baseball. How are you gonna play for the win on the road and not? What does that even mean? It was the way you, the way you, like in you hit baseball. Hit, yes, the way you hit and run, the way you you would bun a man over. I would you, never have guessed that applied to baseball. That's I where it that was a basketball. That's scene. where it came from. How does it apply really? to? How does that, that apply that's to basketball? News to me. How does it apply to basketball? Ba- I thought that was basketball because you just want to avoid overtime on the road. You just how do you? What do you do different? You go fucking score. No, you you shoot a three pointer if you're down two. Okay. I thought that was a basketball sign, no. but sure. Okay. Is, is this the part where I kind of defend my stance? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I, I checked the math. The Bills still had two timeouts. They still had two timeouts. All right, so they're going to burn one after that play. So that gives them one to call. So he got they got stuffed. All right, so there's your problem. Problem number one, going for it in the first place. All right, you want to make the argument? Blah, blah, blah. You go for it. Okay. 
The play called was a terrible, terrible play call. It was basically the same kind of delayed quarterback sneak. It, it's not going straight up the middle. It's not on the first sound like the Brady used to run where everybody just goes forward. He goes right over the center's ass. He's, it's kind of a delayed off left guard, left tackle, kind of in the three hole there. If you play, if you ever played football, you're looking somewhere in the in the three to five hole range. That's where he's looking to stick the ball. They stuffed it in the third quarter at the other end. No luck whatsoever. So he runs the same damn play at the other end in the fourth quarter, and of course it gets stuffed again. Shocker, because why? Your offensive line didn't do the job. 30 minutes ago, and it didn't do the job this time. If you're going to make a call like that, if you're going to put your ass on the line, do something creative. That's two reasons why Sean McDermott has made me very disappointed. Go okay. ahead. So for me, I would have gone for it uh, just conceptually. You have a six foot five quarterback who weighs 240 pounds. I think, I think usually you can pick up at least a yard. Now, somebody on Twitter did post the win probability when it came to going forward in comparison to the field goal, it is very close. I'll concede that point. But based on the percentages, the win probability for going for it is 48.9%. And the win probability for kicking is 47.5. So you gain 1.4% by going for it. It's very close, though, so you can make an argument it can go either way. The main issue I had with the decision wasn't the play call. It wasn't the decision to go for it. It was not taking a timeout. I figured you're going basically no huddle for the entire drive. You're down to the most important play of the game. Allen just scrambled to the side. You scrambled to the line of scrimmage at the last minute. I would have burned a timeout. Get your team rested, get some water, maybe come up with a creative play, as you said. I think they would have snuck it anyway. But at least get your team a moment to reset instead of sprinting to the line disoriented and running a quick play it's while the, the clock is running. It's the second time in the game they did that, and they and they ended up shooting themselves in the foot. They try to they try to go hurry up, keep the momentum going, and apparently the only team surprised is them. That was the, the main issue. The main issue I had was not calling a timeout just to let your team get settled before the biggest play of the game. Now, that was my main issue with it. I was fine with the overall play call. I was fine with the sneak. We couldn't tell if Allen slipped or if the left guard just got blown up so badly that it all happened simultaneously. The execution was cruelly flawed. I'm fine with running a QB sneak with one of the biggest quarterbacks in the league. I just think they should have burned a timeout before doing it. Well, I think, okay, for starters... So that's where I'll concede. I'll concede that McDermott could have run that better. We disagree about the decision. We disagree about the play call. But I do think after Allen just tried to leap over three guys, you might want to get him a breather. Okay, all right. That's, you can see that point, or that whatever. they that they should have called a timeout before making the wrong yeah. decision and calling a terrible play. Sure, burn burn a fucking timeout. It didn't matter. I don't care. Okay, that's. You, I'm, I'm you saying that McDermott you, does deserve some fault for it, but I I do side with him on the two points. You know what McDermott is saying? He's saying that I don't trust my defense. He shouldn't. They gave up 30, what they give up? 34 points? They were the best scoring defense in the NFL coming into that game. Now, yeah, 30, 60 too. minutes later, like you don't trust bills. them? That's what I like. That's why I took the Bills, but damn I, it, man. That I understand. Was awful. How do you not back the number one scoring team, number one scoring defense against a shitty team in the Tennessee Titans? I, I think a lot I, of it's game flow based. If your team well, already sure gave up 34 points, stats go out the window. Well, then I'm just saying, you have no confidence in your defense. So. Did you? Did if I have you score a touchdown there, you basically win the game. Because the Titans have to go 75 yards in about 15 seconds. 
I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was like. It was like watching a Chiefs game. Okay. It was like watching a Chiefs game where you can't get any pressure on the quarterback. You can't get a stop to save your life. You can't get a stop to save your life. An inferior quarterback is just picking you apart. And Tannehill's numbers stunk in the end, but he did most of his stuff in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm salty about this game. I'm going to be the first to admit it, but I just, I'm glad it turned out the way it did, you know, because they weren't going to cover. So, and for the for the Chiefs, for their good, glad to see the Bills take the L. That worked out well for me. But it's a big win for the Titans. I'll give them credit for that. Big win for the Titans. They had to kind of keep track, uh, keep the keep uh, keep pace of the Colts there. By the way, just to actually kind of tie this into, we were going to recap the game, but we're kind of doing that now based on how it worked itself out. It's a little bit of a hot take, but I got to ask this: Is Derrick Henry on pace to be the greatest running back of all time? Because it really hit me while I was watching the game and seeing that he had another three touchdowns. He's got 10 already. He's on pace for like four, like 2,400 yards this year. The more you look at the stats, he might have the greatest prime of any running back I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so some early, of the, some of the, I know. And a lot of it's going to be longevity. He's going to have that's to the thing. I, I get that. But if we're talking about primes and on pace, he might be the most unstoppable running back I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll tell you who he reminds me of, and it is somebody that you wouldn't have seen would have Jim been Brown? Earl Campbell. Okay, uh, that's and that's he's faster than Campbell, but I see the point physicality uh, physically. He, he's not. That's the thing about Campbell. You don't think he's fast until he gets in open space like that, and he would he would leave guys behind. That, that's I'm just the, saying that Henry's 75 yarder. He was the fastest ball carrier yeah, I saw in the that. entire season up to this. Point. He's fastest running back. So it was it's running back wasn't fa- fa- in general. No, fast that would make more sense. Fastest running company with the ball, right. but still, twenty one. I don't tw- even know twenty one point eight miles an hour top speed. People expected him to wear down. They gave him the contract. You give him the ball 300, 400 times a year, including the playoffs. Yep, it doesn't even matter. Nope. He just kills people. Yep, and he gets any he, any he obviously. Uh, although he broke that one in the first quarter, and see that's the other thing, Scott. I mean, I know you can't you can't you can't really take that run away because that's part of the game, but. Yards per carry. Besides that, he wasn't four yards. Four yards game. a carry. So I, I get it. But that's the thing about a, agree, about a home runner hitter like that. You've you've got to stop him. You've got to stop him twenty times, not nineteen. And that's exactly how many times they stopped him. They stopped him nineteen times. One time. You look they at the didn't. red zone. You just look at how he wears people down as the game progresses. And it sounds extremely hot because people defend Walter Payton, they'll defend Barry Sanders and company like that, but. Derrick Henry might be the most unstoppable running back in NFL history because I really don't know what you're supposed to do for an entire game. He's mm. just going to kill you. Well, you get one more stop, or I'll one tell you. Comparison, by the way, I would make is OJ. Didn't have the power. Didn't have the power of Derrick Henry. Okay, um, but I think you can look at the size and the underrated speed and make an OJ comparison. Yeah, and yeah, OJ also had a better line. Had Reg- I think OJ Reg- had the greatest season of all time. I know you can talk about Danian Tomlinson, but he rushed for two thousand yards in fourteen games. Yeah. That's the greatest running back season of all time. Yeah, well, he had he had such a good good offensive line with Reggie McKenzie and the, and the electric company, and he had a much better line than Derrick Henry runs behind. So, yeah, uh, I would say Derrick Henry's probably certainly the best back of the twenty first century. I'm just bringing it up because yeah. a lot of people are talking about how great he is. It's historic, and if he goes for two thousand in back to back years. Mm-hmm. He might already have a claim. Yeah, well, again, you can't you can't claim all timer until you have the longevity, and that's no, always a tricky thing with I'm, running backs. I'm not backs, saying but... I pencil him in number one right now, right. but I do think there needs to be some start start of a conversation brewing. Yeah, 
I'll go along with that. So let's talk a little bit about a couple of decisions that were made. Well, for starters, you know, and again, I don't want to be overly salty here, but they seemed a little inconsistent on their holding calls, Scott. Because on the Derrick Henry run, if you look at, uh, if you if you go back and you look at that run, uh, it was on the left side. He grabbed them. It was on the right. It was on the right side. It, it was, was on the right side. It was the uh, 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 who the hell is uh who the hell is, is with, with all the new numbers? I don't I don't know the new. Uh, it was uh, either way, somebody held somebody. It was fifteen. 15, okay. fifteen was the player, and that's the Westbrook guy. Yeah, is it? it the might, one it, with the hyphen name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's exactly who that is. So yeah, that's a West, Westbrook Eichen. Uh, okay. So he absolutely uh, had him had him locked up, keeping him. That was right where Henry ran past there. So no call. You say, well, you can call holding on every play. Okay, fair enough. So you don't call holding there. You let rent. Uh, you let Henry run wild. However, back down to the other end. Bills, nice play, touchdown. Nope, sorry. It's going to be holding. So, seemed a little inconsistent. Seemed very, very similar type of situations. Wide receiver holding. Got his hand up. He's got he's, he's got the jersey. He's got the jersey right by the neck. So, that, you know, they're, they're going to call it. They're going to call it almost every time. Didn't call it there. It, and that was, it, that's a, because uh, it, it cost the Bills four points. It cost them a field goal instead of a touchdown. So that's an eleven point swing right there. That's that's a brutal that's a brutal swing right there. And it can't again. I'm I'm a little reticent to blame it on the officials as badly as the Buffalo defense ended up playing. That certainly didn't help, and it hurt. Uh, that that changed the entire complexion of the game because Tennessee had done nothing up until that point. So anyway, that's well, you that the kick return touchdown. I agree with that holding call. He grabbed he grabbed the crap out of him. Like I, I was fine with that call. It is what it is. Of course, I wanted the touchdown because I had the Bills, but I, I did see a hold when I watched it live. But the way I look at the game, it came down to red zone execution, which ties into the point you made. But even in general, the Bills weren't as sharp in the red zone as they needed to be, and that Allen interception was brutal. Yeah, he didn't see the rusher. The rusher hit his arm. You know that happens. I can't blame Allen for it, but it set Tennessee up with first and ten. Wait, what? First and ten on like the. 15 or something yeah inside the 15 yeah but the point is that it was a free seven points so i feel like that was kind of the swing of the game oh yeah absolutely but that's how i'm looking at it so you can blame the officiating i'm gonna blame the red zone execution and the awful allen interception that's all right. how i'm gonna look at it all right and also how do you get no sacks on a team allowing the most sacks per game? unbelievable that's, that was also a takeaway that i had and they 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 rarely made him even move his feet no like Tannehill took three took a three-step drop and he had a guy wide open every time yeah yeah, but just whatever. A horrific performance by a defense that I expected a lot better of. of yeah, me too. Against a team that's really pretty one-dimensional. Now, I mean, yeah, I know. I I expected the game. I picked the Bills. I thought it would be 34-24, 31-24, yep. which was I got the Bills part right. Yep. I just wasn't booking on Tennessee to score four touchdowns and they did. I you know what? I would look at I would look at those stats. I would handicap that game the same way every time. Sorry. The Bills it, significantly more first downs they had more yards the same amount of turnovers you look at the box score you're really not sure how the bills lost the game no and you and i talked before the show i guarantee you there's people flying home on the plane because you know if you follow the bills on twitter at all like we do they you, travel really really yeah well. you saw you saw photos like all weekend of it here we come bills mafia they're all loaded in these planes and you know those are like the worst trips going home and you know they're sitting there looking at each other going, how the hell did we lose that game i have no idea so. in the words of johnny manzel though win or lose we booze Nice. I guarantee you they're all drunk on the plane. Go on. You think they're bringing some tables back with them? 
Oh boy, I don't know if the, I don't know if they can fit through airport security with the tables. Unbelievable. All right, so anything else? They're breaking down the tray in front of the uh, in the seat in front of them. I'm getting drunk on a plane. Bills sucking. I don't know. Uh, anything? You got, anything else you got to say about the game? No, not really. It kind of just sums up the NFL with in a week that was one of the most profitable uh, weeks for the public ever. Right. I would say they gave a fair share of it back on Monday night. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wish I was just a public donk taking favorites in the over. I've been taking the wrong public donk plays. I took the over in the Washington Kansas City game I did instead too. of everything else that right. went from public. But uh, it, it happens. You go through some cold spells in football. It, it does. Really it's it's frustrating. It's and it's frustrating. You know, it's always frustrating on a personal on a personal level when you watch your bankroll go down, but it's it's triply quadruple frustrating when you have people that are counting on you that that you know you build a certain amount of credibility listen to your vice and in my case pay me for picks so yeah. obviously at, at the end of the day we of course people pay you for picks they don't pay me for mine but as long as i provide content and picks that i believe i made the right calculations right on, if the results don't work out people won't care anyway because you lost because it's a very results based business yep i don't regret my pick no. i thought the bills are the better team for the entire game agreed Agreed. Absolutely. hundred percent. So, all right, buddy. Well, you know what? There's always, there's always a, there's always the NBA, but let's, let's talk about what we got one more thing. Well, we got really a couple things to talk about in college football. Go if Tigers. You, if you want to. Yeah. They reached a, another, another dreaded mutual agreement, Scott. This one's probably going to work out a little better than it worked out in, uh, in Yukon with Randy. Nebraska fans keep refreshing to see if Scott Frost reached a mutual <laughs> agreement or not. <laughs> Um, Ed Orgeron, what have you done for me lately, Scott? Well, he won. And I guess that was the high note Orgeron needed for leverage because he won a game, pulled off the upset and said, I'm out of here. And they reached an agreement. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really sort of shorthand for you want to resign or you want to get fired. And that's the thing though, is that Orgeron really waited for like the perfect mini high. Yeah to announce it on because he would have lost his job in my opinion anyway i really thought he might have kept his job after the florida win they made sure decided you know what i don't even want to be here lsu made sure to let everybody know in the press release that the talks had started before that game about the the mutual agreement so you just start shredding documents as the rushing for 400 yards in the fourth i swear to god every time i hear ed orgeron stop i can't get uh blake clark out of my mind in the water boy Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know about going going back in here. We ain't got no contract. It's not a bad impression, though. Uh, it's it's him, man. It's it's absolutely who it is. So, of course, Scott, this is a betting show. We can gamble on it. And there's odds. There's odds, buddy, on uh, who's going to be the next LSU coach. I don't see Les Miles on the list. I'm shocked. I think Les Miles. I'll tell you what, Lawrence, Kansas is where coaches go to die. You you never hear another word. Mark Mangino, nope, never heard of him. Les Miles, nope. Do you think nope. LSU would actually take Les Miles back? No. Not an interview? He's got KU stink on him. You just think 0%? He Z, What's less than zero? I, I agree. I don't think he'd have a shot either, but that's a fun name to throw in the ring. He's He's got the stench of Lawrence on him. That's never coming out. His career's dead. Charlie Weiss's career's dead. Um. Oh, the... Uh, We'll see if Leopold survives. Let's the put it the, that way. the 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 uh, the the Nebraska running back they brought in from Turner Gill, and court, the quarterback they brought in from Buffalo. He's done. He, you never hear him again. These guys, KU, don't go there. It's 
It's eek, eek, eek. Your career's dead now. Who do you like, buddy? A lot of talk about Jimbo Fisher. I got. I feel like a lot of that is just kind of media driven. You know, they had the same the same AD that hired him in, in A&M, and they're excited because he doesn't have a buyout on his contract. He can get out of it anytime he wants to. But when you look at the betting odds, Jimbo Fisher plus 750. You think Fisher's going to leave about two, three weeks after he beat Bama? Well, see, that's the other question I was going to ask you because, you know, most of the coaches on this list going to uh, LSU would be an upgrade. Is A&M an upgrade? Leaving for, uh, is leaving A&M for LSU an upgrade at this point? Well, we talked about this before we went on air, but I'll reiterate some of my points. LSU was always viewed as the number two job in the SEC behind Bama. Because Saban got there. They've been dominant ever since. Oh, no. They were, at, at best, they were, I mean... They I'm were, saying when they had less miles. Like, that was the peak of the program from, like, what, 10, 15 years ago? At, yeah, for a season or two, it was the number two job. I would say from that point forward, though, Boosters and company always viewed LSU as the second team in the SEC behind Bama, whether that's right or wrong. Yeah, well, Auburn and so Georgia might have a conversation. Way. but so that's the expectations. Now, realistically... As of right now, Bama's clear number one because duh. Georgia's clear number two, duh. I think AM's three because AM's been a top 10 team under Jimbo. They've done well. And you're looking at LSU, they did win a title a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But I kind of view LSU being comparable to Auburn, where they're a pretty good SEC team, usually around eight wins. And they're never really competing for any playoff spot or anything like that, usually. I know the Burrow thing, I think we'd agree is an outlier. Now, we agree I, that that's an outlier season? I know you would like to hire the guy that actually won the national championship at LSU, wouldn't you? Uh, I actually would not mind that at all. That's, I'm talking about Joe Brady. That's Joe Brady, of course. 12 to 1. And I think that he's definitely worth a sprinkle if you think he gets an interview. Now, there's a chance that Joe Brady wants to stay in the NFL. There's a good chance. Coordinator, see what happens. He's a step, he's a step away from the big chair. There's no way. Well, we can agree. Matt Rule's not going anywhere anytime soon. So the question is, would another team hire him before an Eric B. Enemy or any other guys? Or is he just going to sit there as a coordinator for a couple of years? Or is he going to accept the really big check at the school that he won a title with? Hang on. Let me see here. I'm checking it out. Joe- I think that 12 to 1 does seem a little bit high on Joe Brady, especially if you think the boosters expect Joe Brady to recreate whatever unstoppable offense they had in that one season. So oh. if you think that there's a chance the boosters push for him, which I think they will, I think 12 to one's worth a sprinkle. Okay. Uh, I, I just, I just needed, I just needed to see a picture of him. He appears to, he appears to be white. So yes, I think he would get a job before Eric be enemy asking though. Do you think that Joe Brady is worth a sprinkle of 12 to one? That does seem a little bit high to me. Doesn't I do. it? I do not No. Really? You yeah. think it should be closer to like 15 to 20? Yes. I think it should be closer to like, Seven. He ain't leaving. He ain't leaving. So that would be one pick if you want for value, in my opinion, who I would look into. Why would I go? Uh, why would Why would I go to the fourth or fifth best program in the SEC when I'm when I'm one step away from a head job in the NFL? But the question is, what head job do you think Joe Brady's going to get? Whatever, whatever one's open at the end of the season. I'll tell you what. If Darnold keeps throwing, looking as bad as he did for three quarters, I don't know if he's going to get that head coaching job next year. But I, he's a young guy. He's People going might some... not want to hire him immediately. I think Kellen Moore should be a head coach in the league. He's still not a head coach in the league. Wow. There's a lot of good coordinators, and I do think that there is an attractiveness to going back to college if they give you a ridiculously large check, which I'm sure LSU is going to do. My opinion. So I think that 12 to one's a bit high. 
Phil, I think you're not underestimating the size of that check. Really big check. I dedicate this building to myself, but you're going through the other names. Mel Tucker, a plus 200. I don't really get it. I know he's done really well at Michigan State. Right. The team's undefeated. Yep. He's been there for what, one, two years? Uh, it's a little bit premature, doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, but if they, you know, if they if they want him, I mean, he he just kind of seemed like the flavor of the week. I guess, but I also want to wait and see how Michigan State's season wraps up because they almost lost to Indiana last week. But I do think plus two hundred is way too low for Mel Tucker, just because he just got to Michigan State. I'm not sure if he's going to jump ship again. Kiffin's the entertaining one. I don't mind. That's my play. That's my play at five at, pl- at plus five hundred. I think Kiffin's an entertaining guy. I know you could think that he's a little bit scummy, and you could think that he kind of destroys programs after he leaves. I think he's just fun, and LSU will score a bunch of points. Some people you call him a program destroyer. I call him fun. You know the media is going to love him though. Like he'll do. He would do really well in a football college like that. He's done well at Ole Miss. Now, see, well- you and I agree on maybe who the coach should be. But you, we also we disagree on whether he has a shot, and that's and that's Billy Napier from from the Région Cajun of Louisiana, or Louisiana Lafayette, if you prefer. He is plus seven fifty. You think that's a good investment, right? I think it makes sense because he, of course, has been in the area. He's been extremely successful at Louisiana, formerly Lafayette, but I don't even know if they're still Lafayette or not. Nobody really knows. But anyway, the question is, will the booster support him? Because with LSU. You need to make a splash higher usually. Yeah. Then again, Florida State, we thought the same thing, and they signed the coach from Memphis. So I don't really know what the story is with some of these programs, but I do think since Napier has had success in the area, in the state, I do think he'd be on the short list for interviews. Okay. And I think he'd 100% take it if he got offered. Oh, I agree with that. Sure. We're talking about Jimbo now. He might not take it. Kiffin, I think, would, but is there a chance Kiffin would stay at Ole Miss? Maybe. If he really likes it there, I don't know how long is uh, how long is, is Corral a senior. That's a great question. Or, or is this his last year? I don't know if Kiffin would fully jump. I'd assume he would because he's jumped in the past. But in general, I like backing guys who I know a hundred percent would accept the job if they were offered. Which is why I would not want to put money on Jimbo. I wouldn't put money on Urban Meyer. I wouldn't put money on any of these guys who either a currently have jobs or b have jobs that might be better than this job. And Napier, 100% of the time, would take this job. The odds are plus 1,600 on Urban Meyer. If he would have lost... I name-dropped Meyer. If he would have lost the game on Sunday in London, what would the odds on him be? 12 to 1? Uh, potentially. But then again, you always throw names out there because somebody's going to try to take a sprinkle and try to be cute with it. Sure. You mentioned Mark Stoops. Right, that's my favorite. As a guy who I think would be a great hire. Yep. But he's been so successful in Kentucky. I'm not actually fully sure if he would take it which sounds a little bit crazy because i'm comparing kentucky to lsu but he just signed a huge extension Mm -hmm. you did look into it there is an a loophole in there which could get him out of it 20 mil 20 20 mil as of uh december december 1st of this year it'll cost 19.9 to buy him out of that i'm just saying i don't think he's as slam dunk available as you might think he might be because kentucky's kind of growing something there and i'm not really sure what lsu is right now but Mm, that might be a little bit of a cold take in my opinion, but it's a little bit, or maybe a hot take in this case, but still I'm not really interested. Do you think Bob Stoops has a shot or do you think he's been out of the game too long? They wouldn't even bother. That's a great question because we threw him out for, for USC 
Right. And I am curious how much of an actual following he would have if his name was in the ring. He's got the same odds as Joe Brady. Okay. Now I don't I think Brady's more likely than I do than too. Stoops, but I think you know. if you if you compare those two, there's definitely an overlay with Brady, no question about it. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how it plays out, Scott. I'll I'll be curious to see. My official money will go on. I'm rooting for Kiffin. I think Kiffin would be just a really fun hire for that team. I know that they, I know they talk. There's a lot of talk about James Franklin. Hey, James Franklin. I I really don't know if Franklin's gonna go anywhere. Plus, if he's linked to this job and USC, yeah, I think he'd go USC if he had the choice. You? Yeah, I totally agree. Same and the same with Fickle. I don't think Fickle. I don't think he's gonna go anywhere but the West Coast if he goes in. He's a Midwest guy. You know, mm-hmm. he likes where he's at. I'd love him in Wisconsin, but Wisconsin wouldn't hire him. Why? Because they gave an extension to their current coach, who's not very good. Oh, God. They gave Chris an extension, even though I don't think he's very good. But the point is, Fickle's one of the most unique coaches because he's in an elite group of five school, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like what Scott Frost was in when UCF was a national champion, quote-unquote. Right. And he ended up going to Nebraska, but only because he was a former member of the school. Right. I am curious if he would have jumped ship for a – USC or any of these high profile jobs if it was available right when UCF peaked. I'm assuming you would have. I would think so, yeah. So Fickle, I don't know if he would take it or not, but that Cincinnati program, they're very, very good. Do you think Fickle is like holding out for Ohio State? I have no idea because Fickle, Cincinnati's switching conferences, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but coming to the Big 12, buddy. So they're joining a huge conference. He might not need to go anywhere. Right. That's and that's the, that's always the downside with him. They're like, well, are we sure that he'd go anywhere? That's next year, two years from now. Two years from now. Okay, still. I think twenty. Right. I think twenty twenty three is the first season. Yeah. The point is, he's a group of five coach for now, mm-hmm. not for too long. Uh, yeah, one way or the other. Even if he stays put, he's not going to be a group of five coach for very long. But if you want my thoughts on the on the what I'd bet, I put a sprinkle on Joe Brady because I do think those lines will drop at some point. Okay. I think twelve to one's too high. Um, I would put some money on Napier just for the local connection and the fact that he would 100% take the job yep. if he was offered. And if you want some fun, Kiffin, if you think they go for the splash hire, quote unquote. Dave Aranda? It's tempting, but do you think that LSU is going to go with a defensive guy? Uh, they're smart, they would. They've tried it in the past. Yeah, I know. That defense is They tried less Miles or drawn at a defensive background, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm well, I mean, curious if they try to switch it up. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think Aranda's ever going to be higher than he is right now. That's head coach of Baylor, by the way. Yeah. Because I think Baylor's kind He's of, done great. He's done really, really well with that program. That's what I'm saying. And they've kind of had a breakout season here after being just shite for about three, four seasons. So he just got there though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a hard time always gauging what the price should be on first year coaches or second year coaches at a school just for them to jump ship a year later. By the way, you know he was D.C. at LSU. Oh, right? oh I'm aware. I know that. All right. I just think the boosters are all in on whichever guy helped uh, Joe Burrow do Ju- uh, Joe Burrow things. Well, we'll see. We'll see We'll see what happens. Keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, for the, for that one, I've got... I'm going to take... I think Stu- Mark Stoops is my guy. Okay. I think that would be a great hire, but I don't know if that's in the cards. I don't hate Dave Aranda. That's probably going to be my second, my, my 14 to 1. I really don't like any of the uh, – uh, Lane Kiffin would be my favorite. I think Kiffin's just a fun option, but I don't know if he would jump for Mississippi. No, that that is the question. All right, there you go. So, Scott, we got the we got the NBA starting up. We talked about it a little bit there. 
Uh, we don't. We kind of give we kind of give basketball short shrift during football season, but um, as far as the uh, as far as the division champions go, real quick, let's let's run through them. Scott, you got the you got the Nets and Sixers there in the Atlantic. Nets are prohibitive favorites, minus two twenty five. Sixers plus four hundred. Any chance that the Sixers overtake them or anybody else without Kyrie? Uh, ben Simmons warns how to shoot. Mm, good point. Any, I'm taking the Nets. Okay. Minus minus two twenty five. Don't care there. I don't. I don't really care. Probably the easiest money you're going to get. This is talk, talk about one of these huge numbers delay that you can certainly get away with it. I, I wouldn't say it's the easiest because you might get an injury to Durant or Harden. I'm talking. About, I'm talking about this one coming up. Oh, sorry. It's the the Bucks at minus one thousand. Yeah, uh, you can throw whatever money you want. It's free. That's what I'm saying. You've got you've you've got to beat the Bulls, Pacers, Cavs, and Pistons. Yeah, okay. Sign me Bulls up. might make the playoffs, but it's not even close. Now, what I think is going to be one of the most competitive divisions is going to be the Northwest with the Jazz, Nuggets, Blazers, Wolves, and Thunder. Of course, you can I'm th- just taking the Jazz. You can throw out the uh, Timber Thunder, but uh, the Jazz at minus 300? I think the Nuggets are worth a sprinkle here at plus 350. I think the Jazz is relatively free money because you're going to be missing Jamal Murray for the majority of the year. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter is also not vaccinated, which means he's going to be missing a decent amount of road games. They're just not the same team. I think the Jazz are a regular season juggernaut, and you know they turn into a pumpkin during the playoffs. But you can usually pencil them in for 53 wins. Right. I just think they're going to win the division. Well, being without Murray and probably Porter for a decent amount of games, that's a lot to overcome. Well, but they've they've signed us some new pieces in the offseason, right? Oh, they lost Paul Millsap. They got Jeff Green, who I like. Right. But I just think you're missing your second score for the majority of the season. Your third score is not going to be there for most of the road games. So I have a no, 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 no. That's not that's not true. Mike, he, you don't he, think Michael Porter Jr. is the third best scorer on the team? I don't think he, he's not going to miss the majority of the road games. I don't know. Okay, fine. He'll miss a couple. Yeah, he can't. He can't play. He can't play in California. Yeah. Okay. Or, and New York. In New York, but where they got one. Sorry, one, so he'll miss a couple of road games. Yeah, but still, that doesn't help. Not ideal. I mean, it's yeah, it's not ideal. That's the point. Not ideal that you just almost have no chance when you play. When you play Golden State, I still, I still think missing Murray is a pretty big deal. If you're missing him for four months, agreed, agreed. It's 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 not ideal. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying at that price, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I think you'd be better off getting him in season, maybe right before Murray comes back. If you think they go on a run, oh, okay, all right, fair enough. Um, well, and I also, I, I like, I like Aaron Gordon. I think, I think that's a, uh, I think that's an underrated piece there. I think he's a good player, but offensively, he was a disaster last year. So the question is, can they pick up the slack without Murray? And that remains to be seen. Well, hopefully Green will help a little bit there. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, do, 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 do. And, the, and the other fun vision, uh, division out west is the Pacific with the Lakers, Suns, Warriors, Clippers, and Kings. Um, Lakers, a surprise, even money, plus 100. Suns, plus 200. Warriors, Scott, come out to play plus four fifty, and the Clippers. You know what the Clippers are? Well, they have a zero percent chance of winning the division, so you can put them whenever you want. So, explain to the audience why the Clippers went from uh, division winner to uh, plus nine hundred. Because Kawhi Leonard's dead. There you go. They didn't win the division, by the way. The Suns won the division last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. They finished second to the Suns. My bad. My bad. It's the they had them. They they had them for a lot of the year, and then they ended up puking it yep. away there. So but anyway, I'm taking the Suns. I mean, in this one. You think you think Kawhi Leonard makes all that much difference? I don't think he's going to play all year, so yeah. Okay. I think, think he's a top ten player in the league. So no yeah, shot without him. Matters. All right. Uh no. 
They might not make the playoffs without him. But anyway, the Lakers, people want to pencil in. I don't think it's going to go well early on. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think they're going to struggle out of the gate. They'll figure it out at some point because they're too talented not to. But Phoenix, they got a chip on their shoulder because they came so close last year but didn't get there. People think it's a fluke. They were great last year. They brought back basically everybody. And they also picked up JaVale McGee as a backup center, which helps because they had no backup center at all last year. Right. I'm taking Phoenix because I think at the end of the day, they're going to take the regular season a lot more seriously than the Lakers will. Yeah, I th- I think I think that's solid. I don't I don't I don't hate that at all. Plus, it's something that you and I have talked about a little bit, and we're going to talk about it a lot more. I guarantee is the fact that the Lakers have a, are going to have a hard time staying healthy. Yeah, that's that's a whole separate can of worms. Well, and it and it's going to make a difference because the uh, the three guys, um, the the three the three main guys are guys LeBron, that are, AD, and Westbrook yeah. that are that are a little bit injury prone. LeBron and AD especially, and then you know Westbrook is not getting any younger as well. And I'm not sure how big of a help he's going to be. I think the Warriors are tempting at around four to one, but when you're missing Clay until December or January, I'm looking at an in season play. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention that I might probably be more excited about taking them to make the playoffs at around even money or whatever. But are the Warriors even money to make the playoffs? I'm just. I'm speculating. You think. You think they're worse than that? They got to be a, a decent minus. I mean, you think about just the pedigree that you have. I got to assume they're close to like minus two hundred. Well, without there. with yeah, without the Clippers in the mix, yeah, you're probably you're probably right. I, I forgot about the the Clippers not falling off the cliff there. So the they, Warriors they, are minus six hundred to make the playoffs. to make the playoffs. Yeah, oh, yeah that seems a little bit high because you're oh, in the playing situation. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So that's actually a potential no if you think they're in the playing game, which they might be. Mm-hmm. Six hundred is too high because that does not count the playing game, right? No, that's actually to make the final. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's a ridiculous price. No, I I liked them. I thought it was going to be between one and. I thought my price was reasonable, like two fifty. I still think that's high, but yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, so I think so. So you're telling me there's minus six hundred to make the playoffs, but plus four fifty to win the division. Uh, yes. That doesn't make any sense to me. I like. Well, it does if you think they can get a spot somewhere between, uh, well, just record wise, if they're really, really good. But you're gonna have the Lakers and the Suns. There's a lot of good records in that division. I don't think the Clippers are gonna stink, but I think they'll be around five hundred. Yeah. Well, of course, and in the Southwest, you've got the you got the Mavs as you know. In, well, let's talk about the Southeast with the Heat and the, the Hawks. Because you can actually get plus money on the Hawks right now, Scott. You have any interest in that? Plus 115? Yeah, you have to be somewhat tempted because, of course, of the run they made. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Heat. I love everything they did during the offseason. Yeah, they did. I think that getting Kyle Lowry's huge. Even getting Tucker, I think, helps for just physicality and defense. Defensively, that team's going to be an absolute nightmare to play against. They're just going to grind you out. They always are. They are just brutal. Uh, as far as the defensive end goes. And in the Southwest, you've got Dallas, minus 220, Grizz, Pelicans, Spurs, and Rackets. Well, toss three of those teams in the garbage. It's a two-team race. Yeah, it really is. I, I have some interest at, uh, in the Grizzlies at plus 450. I do too. Now, I'm a little bit concerned about Dylan Brooks's injury because he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Right. I'm not a fan of the Jason Kidd hire. I don't think he's a great coach. I think Porzingis will get injured at some point. And the Mavericks offseason, you re-signed Hardaway, you re-signed Boban, and you signed Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. Sure. So if Don just gets injured, you're screwed, right? Well, yeah, but there's a lot of teams like that, too. No, but the, that's the point, is that I don't think the supporting cast is very good. I think Memphis actually has a deep roster. They do. 
They do. They've well, they've got you a bunch. Jaron Jackson back. They've got a bunch of sevens and eights on their roster. Yeah. They don't they don't and have Jaren any nines ja- or tens. And Jaron Jackson missed sixty something games last year, uh-huh. and they still made the playoffs. So yep. I think this Memphis team is good. I agree. I think I think that's probably the most value on the board for me as far as taking an under uh, underdog goes. I agree. Um, my my two favorite bets. <laughs> I'll 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 lay uh, I'll lay ten bucks for every buck with Milwaukee. That's that's free money. You can sell your house on that. And if, on what if they honestly, even if Giannis gets injured, they would still probably win like forty-seven games. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good team. And then Memphis at plus four fifty, probably my my favorite underdog play. Okay. Okay, bud. Hey, let's get to it, man. Holy mackerel, we just we just yak it. We, well, you know, we spent half an hour being pissed off about the. Uh, the my favorite Bills. underdog plays the Suns, by the way. The Suns is an underdog. Uh, that's good. Just not not a ton of value there at plus two hundred, but I'd maybe gamble Lakers getting off to a good start. I'll gamble on the Lakers in the playoffs, not in the regular season. Yeah. No, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. If the Lakers get off to a good start, you get the Suns a little better price than that. I don't think they're going to get off to a good well, start. Well, that's the problem. That's, is that's you, what I'm the, looking at. Then you I, like, up, I like the Warriors to win the game. Then you end up, you know, cutting off your nose to spite your face, and you're, you know, sitting. Well, cutting quickly to, to the first opening night, I'm taking the Warriors. I think they're going to win the game. Okay. But I, I like the under in that one, Lakers team total also, and I like the Nets. I know the Nets don't have Kyrie. The Bucks are missing a bunch of bench guys. No DiVincenzo, no Bobby Portis. So I do think the bench is compromised. You believe in championship hangovers? No. You don't? No. I do a little I, bit. I, I, believe, I believe every team comes gunning for you. I believe in that more. I think the Nets of all teams would be gunning for them because they know if Harden, and, if Harden was fully healthy in that series, they probably would have won. Yeah. But I, at the end of the day, I think the Nets are too deep from top to bottom. The Bucks bench-wise, they also lost P.J. Tucker, so defensively, who's going to guard Durant? You don't really have anybody. Right. He might go for 40, and it wouldn't surprise anyone. I'm taking the Nets. Okay. You? Um, I haven't looked at it yet. Okay. Well, I'm telling you to look at it now. I'm not going to. Okay, fair enough. We're going to talk about the uh, at the farm. Well, that's why I was going through basketball, because I know that we were saving our other thoughts for the uh, farm play. Well, we do have a a non farm play baseball game to talk about. Real yes, quick. we do, but I, I wasn't sure if there were lines out on that yet. Uh, just came out as we were doing the show. It is okay. going to be Grinky against Pavetta. I see minus one thirty for minus one thirty and ten is the total. I finally figured out that total shit, haven't they? Well, uh, well, kind of. It might still go over. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, they've. Uh... <sighs> I don't know if they just lost all confidence in Grinky at this point. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously they're st- they're starting him, so they haven't lost all confidence. But they they've been really reluctant to do that, and they were kind of they're well, finally I can't say they, that that's because they still have confidence. They just had to burn the entire bullpen yesterday because Arkady got shelled. Yeah. Well, they didn't exactly put the A list in there either, though. True. So that's you know I uh, to me I just gonna play the over here. I'm looking at Boston team total over. I'm gonna get cu- I'm gonna get cute with it. Granky's been terrible. That's so that's so jumped up and bit me yesterday. I- I'm gonna I but I said I thought Boston would win yesterday. I yep. just seem like a good spot. I questioned the price, but I thought they'd be I thought they'd win the game anyway. Yeah. I didn't think they'd win by nine runs, but it worked out. But quick reminder, Granky's given up eighteen earned runs in his last thirteen innings. He's made an appearance once in the playoffs, one inning, two hits, and no runs against the White Sox, but they got two hits. So they had guys on base. Boston's mashing the ball. Granky with that 
with the green monster and all in this ballpark with his current form, don't you assume Boston just has six by the fifth inning? Yeah. And I think we're going to get, you're going to find a five and five and a half all over the place. Probably. Yeah. I, I got to be tempted by it. Don't you think? I'm I think just... Granky might be forced to wear it a little bit because the bullpen short. I, I agree with that. I do. And I don't trust that. him at all. So I'll, I'll take Boston on the team total. I maybe play first half over or something like that. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm I'm probably just going to play the over. I just again I outthought myself yesterday with the, with the Houston Astros team total and it jumped up and bit me. So. All right. So we put our head together on the other one. Obviously, you guys, have, if you if you know the schedule, you know what game is left. We're going to talk about it. A little segment that we like to call. Um, well, we like to call bet the farm. You guys ready? Let's do it. Now, Scott, we did mention that although you and I didn't do well on the rest of our picks, we were able to uh, we were able to do okie dokie as far as this play goes. How'd we end up doing, bud? We had the Bills team total over thirty and a half, and they had thirty-one points. Never a doubt. <laughs> That's right. It's the two-point conversion that saved us there, Scott. They ran the... Uh, the Buffalo Special. The Buffalo Special. I was trying to come up with another name for it. Yeah, they ran the Buffalo Special and threw the two-point conversion to Josh Allen in the end zone. You know there's guys that won their fantasy matchup by less than two points with Josh Allen. That's a beautiful thing. But mm. So we've got one cooked up for tonight. Tell us what it is. So for this one, we're looking at the late game between the Dodgers and the Braves. And we're taking the Braves, plus one and a half runs at minus 135 on BetMGM. You can find the same bet available at minus 145 on BetMGM, so you're already getting a pretty good deal there. Morton pitching for Atlanta. He's faced the Dodgers twice this season, 11 innings pitched, 2.45 ERA. Bueller has pitch, is pitching for the Dodgers. He's faced the Braves once. He was also pretty good. But the point is, each of the last four meetings have been absolute wars. They've been decided by exactly one run. The Braves, as the road team, might get an extra at bat because the Dodgers might be up one run, not having to bat in the bottom of the ninth. But the Braves are up 2 nothing. We know the Dodgers are going to be favored in every game because it's a must-win situation. They might win, but I do think it's going to be close. Yeah, and I think, for the record, I think there's, I think there's value on the Braves' run, a money line right there. I just I just wish we were getting a little better line than plus one fifty five or so. But if that if that gets to sixty five or seventy, I've I've got it. I've got it. You got to assume it. money's going to pour in on the Dodgers because there's no way the Dodgers go down three zero in this series. That's the thing. That's the, it's a must win, and we've talked about the must. We've talked about the must win fallacy in the past. That that's not a thing. So, yep. and you're absolutely getting a, a value there. So we're going to take the value on the other side. We are going to take that one and a, one and a half runs. I think that's going to come in very, very handy in this one. So that's going to be our bet. The farm play It's going to be the Atlanta Braves on the reverse run line plus one and a half at minus one thirty-five. Again, a little more juice than we like, usually like to lay, but in this situation, that's the play right there. So yep, that's going to do it for bet the farm, and that's going to do it. We're going to put put the wrap on it, Scott, for this edition and all editions of Winners and Winers Radio. For myself, for Scott Reichel. For all of us over here at Winners and Winers, we appreciate you guys checking us out every day. We know we've had a lot of regulars out there. We appreciate the comments every day. A lot of kind words about the show. We always appreciate that. We always read every comment. Um, so thanks very much for watching. Thanks for listening. 
And come see us on Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central for the premiere edition of Heading Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. Until then, you guys take care. Good luck on all your plays. Once again, thanks for being part of the show, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.